0: What, Dave? What, Jeff? It's time for Episode 7. Episode 7. This is the Two Half Squads. The Two Half Squads. Today is
1: Sunday, Father's Day. The date, I don't know, but it's the date after our last podcast. That's We right. just did one yesterday. That's right. But you'll be hearing these apart from each
0: other. Yeah. And we'll give you the illusion like we actually recorded them on, you know, in two separate weeks. Yes. We'll just yeah. pretend. A we'll pretend. Week. Yeah. 2008. So, episode 7, The Two Half Squads. Welcome back, everybody. Yes, welcome. Hope you enjoyed the last show. We did. (laughs) I did. Did you? Yeah, I did, but we don't have to listen to us. Truly, I I really didn't enjoy it that much. Oh, well, I'm sorry, (laughs) Jeff. Maybe I'll just leave now. (laughs) No, No, come back. Come back. (laughs) All right. Today's show,
1: we're going to be looking at... Uh, We're going to do a little what's
0: in the box. All right. And can you do the reverb on the Oh, yes. All right. We're going to, but we'll call it what's 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 in 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 the the box. box.
1: And we're going to look at um, another one of my lists of helpful hints that I made um, when I reread the rulebook. So we're going to consider this a combination, maybe quiz show, because Jeff won't know any of these. I'll ask him.
0: And maybe I, combination uh, of. Should okay, you, you might. should you really be making that assumption? No, I should not. I apologize. You're probably right, though. <laughs> we'll find <laughs> out, won't we? <laughs> we will.
1: And you people, people in listening off, listening audience, if you want to place a bet now, uh, <laughs> go ahead. Um, Place your wagers. Remember, this is an exhibition, not a competition. Correct. We're all here to learn together. Yes, we are. Isn't that right? That's right. So I'm going to be looking at some... I think this will count as some tactical advice for more experienced players, but not for people who are much more experienced than us, because we we can't help you. We can't do that. (laughs) We can't (laughs) help you at all. We'll never be able to help you. In fact, maybe you should come help us. That wouldn't be a bad thing. All
0: right. We'd like that. And... Was there something else we were going to do today? Oh, we'll have a history segment. Yes, we will. Toward the end that's of the right. show. We're going to put that at the end of the show for those of you who already know your history and you can tune that part out. Right. Um,
1: but you'll be missing a good one. That's
0: what I think.
1: Yes. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> well, I was. <laughs> Jeff sometimes doubts his own work about the history reports that they might be boring. He's done some nice ones he didn't want to put on. Can I share that with the audience? Yes, can you can. Edit this out? I'll probably edit this out. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm encouraging him to put it on and saying, Look, <laughs> "Look, listeners, we'll put it at the end, and you can just stop listening." No,
0: actually, we don't. Right? We don't edit the show. Very little. We do very little editing. <laughs> but uh, one of the other podcasts apparently does a little bit of. I don't know. Somebody was making some comments on one of the, on another podcast that there's another podcast where they do like a little rehearsal and, and
1: oh, they got some. It's more polished
0: criticism, yeah, a little more polished. They do. I, can you imagine us rehearsing?
1: No, I mean either. We don't have the time, and I think it would be really boring. I
0: think it'd be dull,
1: boring. Yeah. Uh, someone said when we start reading off of information, we start to lose our spontaneity, and we don't want to do that. No. So. What's first? Let's play What's, what's, what's in the box. box. Jeff has just purchased, um, last show actually, as you heard, Advanced Squad Leader Starter Kit Number 3. So he is going to open it now for the first time. But it doesn't have the wrapper on it because no. I already opened it. I would yeah. actually bought like multiple copies of this for the club. And the club had a lot of rookies playing, and we actually would lay out all playing the same scenario. I thought this was really fun. I thought
0: that was a great way to do it. When yeah. I got started, Dave would have, there'd be eight pe- people there, so we'd have uh, four pairs all playing the same scenario. Yeah, all playing was, the same. Which was really cool. And you
1: could watch your opponent, or the person across from, the team yeah. across from you, those guys, were they playing the same way, what was their defense, and so on. Um and but now we got in all the experienced players coming in and there's really no need to have all these copies of this. So Jeff
0: is buying this from me and he's going to open it. Yeah, I don't know why I never bought starter kit three. I enjoyed one and two, but then I got I went right into the to the main thing. So uh, the uh, big rule book. But uh, I'm glad to have this because uh, What's that blue sheet? Oh, yeah, on blue top, sheet Jeff? Oops, we found some scenario errata erotica. Oh that's no,
1: oh er, errata. No yeah. tell the audience what is the errata?
0: Maybe well, they play this. It situation. says uh, in scenario twenty two, another summer's day, the German group one should have uh one fifty millimeter mortar, not two. not two. Not two. Not two. Okay. Well that's so a big difference. It it can be. Of course when you break your
1: mortar first round and then it's oh, just yeah. like having that's what m- I one anyway. Yeah, you know. That's what I, I this Something to think about, audience. The the balance, where it says the balance. Yeah. You know, sometimes you look at it and you're like, well, yeah, I gain an eight and egg one liter, which, you know, I'll just get killed by a sniper anyway. <laughs> so it, it, I can just see so many of the balances just making no difference whatsoever.
0: Why don't you explain situations. what what the oh, purpose is of the, the balance balances. Um, on the Yeah, scenarios. we've never talked about that. Yeah, and the
1: scenarios that. you'll notice, even in the starter kits, because Jeff just pulled out these scenario cards. Yeah. And we're looking at twenty one. Um S twenty one clash of Borisovka. And the balance is listed there and it has a red star It says the Russians may use their full movement points on turn one. That would if you think the game is not balanced, if you think one side always wins, mm-hmm. then you would wanna say, Yeah, the scenario's fun, but boy those Germans always lose. Um, so then you'd want to use the German balance, or if you think the Russians always lose, you want to use the Russian balance. So you don't use both balances? No, that's supposed. I guess they kind of cancel each other out. So for example, the full movement points that would give them some advantage, I'm sure. And I haven't played this one yet. Yeah. Um, in a- attacking these German tanks or flanking them and getting side shots, there's some strategy for you newbies. The armor's thinner on the sides. Shoot tanks from the side. Or the back. Even better, the rear. Uh, armor factors one worse you uh gain a plus one to the kill number or something that's right somewhere in there is a yeah. is a one factor benefit uh for the Germans exchange two Panzerkampfwagen 4F2s for two Panzerkampfwagen 4Hs which so you don't play the balance usually no you you never have rarely ever have no. um we did a scenario, Shiklov's Labor's Lost, at the club that you missed last week. Yeah. And Doug played Dave in that Shiklov's Labor's Lost. I think you had played Mike in it previously. Yes, that's right. And the Russians lost. Right.
0: And they lost again. Oh, did they? Yep. And I think I would have won. The, if I played it again, I would have won. I learned a lot by playing that one with Mike. Oh, okay. So you yeah. think it might be balanced? I think so. I think it is balanced. Okay. I was thinking maybe, well, we can look it up on Roar. What's Roar? What is Roar? What is Roar? It's what the lion in The Wizard of Oz says. <laughs> <when> he... <laughs> no, is it an, is it an do acronym? You not know? An anagram? It's an acronym. A, an acronym.
1: For something I can't think of right now. So I'm going to look it up online. And and Roar. Jeff's going
0: to go ahead. And we'll talk about Roar today. All right, well, hands. you look is that, that right? up online. I'll do, uh, I'll do some puppet, uh, some hand to, magic tricks or something, (laughs) to keep people entertained. (laughs) Let's talk about what's in the box. This is Starter Kit 3, obviously, and so there is a Advanced Squad Leader Starter Kit 3 rulebook, and this rulebook is 28 pages long. So, I think rulebook 1 was 16 pages long. Actually,
1: rulebook 1, not counting the back with the nationality chart, is 11 pages long. Oh,
0: 11 pages long. Rule book two is somewhere in between, and then rule book three is 28 pages long. But don't don't let that keep you from delving into this, because what I like about the way they set up the uh, starter kits is that with each starter kit, they will highlight in a different color those rules that are new to this starter kit that were not in the previous starter kit. Very good idea, MMP. Yes, very smart, very wise of them. So we've got uh, 28 pages of rules, which includes, and, and actually it's not that many rules, it includes some very detailed um, examples, full-page examples that are great to go through. Yeah,
1: read the examples. Yeah. Really do read the examples. It takes the legalese of the rule that often sounds, well, you know, you guys have all read them, right? Well, actually, uh, yes these, we are, are, yeah. these look less legalese than the original or the advanced I think they maybe they changed the style of writing. Have you ever noticed that? I, uh, well, I don't know. This is no, I haven't. Yeah, playing advance, I don't go through the starter kit rules actually yeah. much, I just jump into the scenarios. and yeah. People tell me, oh, you can't bypass. Oh, okay, you know. Right. Um,
0: I guess it. I guess it is a different writing style. It I looks more narrative. Yeah. So uh, okay, nice, nice-looking rule book. Very well put together. Now we've got some How's the stapling uh, on the rule book. Really good staples. Okay. I think. Right in the center. Good. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And counter Then sheets. we have counter sheets. Oh, these are always nice. Yeah. Lots of Americans. Hey, you should spray these with a fix it with a with a, a
1: glossy coating. I don't before. think not I glossy. A flat finish. flat not flat black. Though. No, okay. no not
0: flat. black. Alright. No. And not cooking spray. No. I don't I don't think I'm ever going to do that, Dave. You don't. Your car, your counters are never going to get the kind of wear that mine have. No, because all I do is organize them and clip them <laughs> and put them away. I don't actually <laughs> yeah, play them. Yeah, when well, you come to my house and you use my yeah. counters, so oh, and, you know I have a confession to make. Yes. I don't know if this is a confession really or not, but yes, my son. After <laughs> after I cut out all my punch out all my counters, yeah. clip all my counters and put them in the storage trays. You lick them. I put no no. Then I take all my scenarios, I put them in the plastic sheet yes, protectors and good put them in a binder. Good job. If there's any extra rules, those also go into the plastic sheets and go into the binder. Well, so what am I left with? An empty box. Yes. You know what I do with the empty box? Save it. You have to save your empty box. Oh. What did you do with it? I've thrown them out. No way! Are yeah. you serious? Yes. Are you okay? No, I'm not. <laughs> I, he's looking, I do look shocked. I'm.
1: See, I'm kind of a pack rat yeah so i i keep things
0: even especially like boxes from games Ooh, the box yeah well joe no. has r- has offered to rent me a locker in his basement or something he's got room yeah no, he's got plenty of you've room. you've seen mine it. i just didn't think mine were my mind. i'll tell you why i did okay, it wait I t- go ahead go ahead <laughs> i'll tell you why i did it for one i don't really think the art is that good on the boxes on oh, the front of the boxes really I, I yeah i've I no, no, never been a big fan that's number one okay number two the boxes. If you go from Beyond Valor, Yanks. Uh, uh, what's the next one? Um, um, I know this. Beyond Valor. Yanks, oh, for King Paratrooper, Paratrooper, and Country. For King Men, and Country. Well, it was like originally
1: West Valmain, and then. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, they're all different sizes. So you put them on the bookshelf. They're li- one's a no, little deeper, the the one's a little taller. They're not. They're, well, <laughs> they're the same. They're over here. I can see from here. Okay. Well. For a King and Country it's the same as Gung Ho, but oh. Yanks was a different size, and Beyond no, Valley was Yanks di- was the same size. That's why I threw them out, Dave, is they didn't—they didn't look nice. I think Jeff's wrong, <laughs> but maybe I'm he's telling right. You. The reissues I'm might have been you. different.
1: Originally, Avalon Hill products were the same size; they were bookcase. Oh, now stands, that could be. So they all fit together up there.
0: That could now, be because the Yanks I bought was really old. I know they have a lot of inventory left on Yanks from, like, their original Oh, yeah, on. yeah,
1: the MMP box Like when you different. when you
0: buy it, um, like, the scenarios are already yellow. It's parchment paper. It looks like something from uh, National Treasure. <laughs> yeah. Like, you want to immediately <laughs> put them under glass eye. so they don't disintegrate. But, anyway, I threw out the boxes, Dave. Okay, well,
1: <laughs> an MMP does this thing, too, when they ship this stuff to you. They put them all in this big corrugated cardboard box. It's like... It could hold, like, your dog there, that dog. It's a medium-sized dog. Yeah. And, you know, there's one game in there, <laughs> and yeah. all the stuffing. And someone told me, like, well, they get the boxes cheaper if they just buy all the same, or they have them all printed or something. But it just seemed kind of wasteful. But So maybe there's something going on with these new boxes of theirs. Maybe. But Avalon Hill, I, except for the historical modules, they were larger and flatter. And I noticed now B, Valor of the Guards... I went home, put it on my shelf next to my historical modules. Yeah. Of course, it's no longer a historical module box size. Ah, Remember, those were larger right. and flatter. That's right. Yeah, it's now like a regular game, so now it would fit. It does fit better with these new versions. So um, I shouldn't have thrown those out. In fact, I'm looking for a box for one of my other starter kit number ones. Because I, oh. I don't know what I did with those boxes when I bought the three or four yeah. for the club. I separated the components out and I can't find what I did with those boxes, but they got to be somewhere in my house because I don't throw out my boxes, especially squad leader boxes. Well,
0: you know, I thought about it a lot, and Joe said he would take the boxes, but I I just... um, And you're not a pack rat. I'm not a pack rat, and and somebody said, well, what if you ever resell the game? Well, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to resell it. I've gotten so much fun out of the games. It's not worth it to me to divide everything up and try to get it back in the boxes that's the problem
1: too yes i was telling jeff i might sell west of alamein for how often i ever break out the desert boards which now of course i realize i won't but but to go back through and to look at you know pull out the overlays and put everything back together yeah. and put it back in the box oh, it's
0: daunting, the yeah. daunting task. so out they went and would you like me to go get them out of the garbage for you when did they go out it's been about six months. Actually, they're <laughs> at the dump now.
1: <laughs> but I could have used that. starter yeah. kit One box. So. Oh
0: well. Okay. What
1: the heck? Sorry. Um. So in the future. Okay. All right. Back to, so what's, back in to what's in the box. Speaking of
0: boxes, we've been a whole we, conversation about boxes. We digressed. Uh, it's all about squad leader. So counter sheets. Yeah. I mean, and this is nice because you got we've got a variety. What nationalities got, do you have here in Star Trek? Americans. Three? We've got some limeys here. The British. Mhm. Always like to see them on there. And as you Russians,
1: said last week yesterday, um add these right into our plastic counter trays.
0: Put those right in your counter trays. Okay. No need to keep these separate. These the all of the counters that you get with the starter kits are fully compatible with the full rule set. Mm-hmm. So there're not no special counters for this. So, uh, Americans, yep. British, Russians, Germans, Can I which see, is nice.
1: And then more, um, sure, you
0: can touch that. Informa- informational. It's the counter sheet. And, of um, course, now in this one there's tanks. Because. Well, I have something to say are, about those tanks. Okay.
1: And something to say about this. But the tanks, um, they got out one of these scenarios at my club, and they said, Dave, where's your, Sh- you know, Sherman, Russian Sherman Lend-Lease tanks? And I said, oh... Did they make those? I go, yeah, they made them. They're in there. Um, And so they looked and looked, and they couldn't find this Sherman 3 that is in this starter kit. Yeah, it's in a scenario, and I said, Sherman 3. I don't think they made those. So there's actually tanks in Starter Kit 3 that are not in all the other games. Oh... Yep, well, right there. No. Those six. Look at that. Maybe there's more. They were not in all the other games. Wow. So.
0: Well, that's kind of cool.
1: Unless I missed something. You know, listeners post us a note. Yeah. I'm thinking I didn't punch out everything from Conf Group 2, maybe. Maybe I left them on counter sheets. I have to go double check, but I could not come up with these. I'm pretty sure I punched everything. Yeah. Um. So I think these may be new. Well, correct us um, if we're wrong, listeners. and uh, But be nice about it. Yes. Be and, kind. And then can I, I'm going to look at the... Leaders here in Stargate 3, and see if Kleinschmidt made it yet. Mm. Yeah. No. Oh. No. We're sorry. Hildebronn, Once again, no. No Kleinschmidt. All right. MMB. Just another dagger in my heart.
0: <laughs> There's time yet. There's time. Uh, maybe if we really campaign for that I through have the podcast. Been campaigning. Yeah. So I would be honest I emailed with them. And they now, have not responded. And I really like issue. I like MMP. I do too. I've never met them, but I'm sure they're very nice. But they have not responded to me. I wrote them about the podcast, mm-hmm. and they have not responded. That is odd, isn't it? I'm feeling a little bad
1: about it. You know, and again, I sent out a counter request saying that I, I run this club in my junior high, and yeah. we currently okay. play Battleground. You know, yeah. But I had miniature ASL ready to go, and. You know, I, I run this club for, you know, local area. I bring a lot of new guys in. I can reach these kids, 10 to 20 kids a year, new kids, learning squad leader. Yes, and future I'm customers. And like wondering if I could be made a counter and do these things for you and um, no response. So yeah. I said, forget it. I'm not playing squad leader. <laughs> the, the miniatures group, you know, I mean, Battleground's yeah. just as simple. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's, it's actually more simple. Um, Did they answer your email at Battleground? No. Oh, Oh, Battleground? Yeah. Yeah, actually Battleground, actually, well, actually Battleground, there were were several game companies, I'm not sure it was Battleground, but that they actually offered uh, free stuff to, to schools at one point. Oh, wow. Trying to get historical games into the classroom. Yeah. As a teaching tool, which I couldn't do that, but I can do it with a club after school. Yeah. So... Yeah, why? Why wouldn't you just shoot back an email? You know, at I this would, point, then, uh, we can't handle that right now. Right. We don't take requests, but thanks anyway. Right.
0: You know. Something. How, how hard is that? I don't know. And so you emailed them Apparently saying, "Does anyone want to be interviewed?" Or no, I just emailed them and I said, "I just thought you'd like to know we're doing this podcast and we we really want to promote. We love Squad Leader. We want to promote Squad Leader. We are one of our goals is to get more people playing, get more people involved in it, and revive anybody." That has uh, stopped playing. You know, try to get them back playing. And that has been happening. We've been pulling Yeah, I, new think players, so. I think so. I think so. But uh, they didn't. They didn't write back. I mean, I wasn't asking for accolades or nothing. Just a, nothing. how about no, a? Just a,
1: oh, hey, sounds interesting. Yeah. Thanks for the information. Maybe they
0: or, could. I, and I even <clears throat> um, posted a request as if it was a club. You know, because they've got a list on their website. Yeah, my club. Squad listed, leader club. They listed my club. And if you want to add your club, there's a form, yep. a web form you fill out. Yep. I submitted a web form. That didn't say the club, it said, this is a podcast, and here's the website. Maybe you want to put it on on your website. I didn't hear anything about that
1: either. And I can understand and come back and say, no, we don't want to list it on our website because right.
0: we can't control the
1: content of that. Right. You might that. be talking bad about us. Yeah. <laughs> no, we'd never do yeah, that. Yeah, we
0: wouldn't do that. But, um, yeah. They're busy. To sure. shoot an email back. I know uh, <laughs> who is one of the owners, Shilling
1: the... Uh, I don't know if he's still involved. Kurt Schilling, the baseball oh, player. Is Brian maybe not still but involved. But i still love to
0: interview Brian. I interview yeah. any of those guys. Um, I heard Kurt Schilling a couple of weeks ago on a World of Warcraft, Warcraft podcast. You did? He's a very big World of Warcraft player.
1: Oh, maybe he's abandoned
0: advanced squad leader. Now, no, we don't want to encourage people. I shouldn't have even no, mentioned don't that. World don't don't play World of Warcraft. Is, play, that, a,
1: play advanced squad is play. that a computer game?
0: Yeah. No, yeah. that's boring. <laughs> That is boring. Is at a computer? They have 15 million people playing. Face to face. Fi-
1: well, there's 15 million people.
0: 15 million, si- million losers.
1: Sitting home hmm. around.
0: Oh, we're going to really get everyone mad at us now. <laughs> sitting in front of a computer screen. I know. Not talking to anyone. Or can you do that thing, voice over there? Oh, you can do the voice thing. And I do play a little World of Warcraft, but it's it's ju- just a little bit. It doesn't really hold my, it doesn't hold my interest the way squad leader does. You never certainly. have to leave your room. Yeah. It's like the Matrix <laughs> anyway, back to this is probably going to be the world's longest "What's, what's in the box?" and people are going to think, "What the heck is in that box?" So I mean, something silly. He's in that box. Already looked at the rules. Oh, what is well, this? Look thing? at the rules now. This is nice. They've got a whole separate pamphlet for the vehicle and ordnance historical notes, and these are really interesting. And, and may I throw. add,
1: in Avalon Hill's uh, favor, when they made this game, the, I have heard from miniature wargamers. And a lot of them buy the ordnance and vehicle notes from Squad Leader because they're pretty thorough and succinct, and they did a wonderful job of researching the historical backgrounds on these vehicles and putting them into game statistics. I've heard that from miniature war gamers who don't play Squad really? Leader. Really? Yes. Very interesting. So I've always loved the ordinance and vehicle notes. Yeah. And what's what's an entry look like, Jeff?
0: Uh, Well, you'll get, uh, obviously, a a view of the counter, both front and back, and then um, not so much an explanation of what's on the counter, but just interesting things about that particular vehicle or artillery piece. So, uh, like what year it entered the war, how it was built, um, any of the unusual factors that may be about it, if it had a particularly long barrel, or Mm -hmm. if it was fast or slow, or you know how reliable it was in, in the different theaters where it was put in. So a lot of really great stuff, a lot of great stuff in here.
1: Yeah, and when I started playing this, I really didn't know many tanks at all. I think I built a model kit of a patent tank and a something else, and that was the only tanks I knew. And so to yeah. start playing this game to get this set of notes was really helpful to where I now know all the tanks because I built
0: painted miniatures of all of them, To And there's a lot of them. Very, it's very interesting. Yep. So that's uh, ten to twelve pages, that little that little bit. And then here's a yellow piece of paper What's that say? says Advanced Squad Leader, the premium game of tactical World War Two combat. And it's this is just an explanation sheet of what Advanced Squad Leader is. And how to transfer into uh, ASL, yep. Oh yes. There it is at the bottom. How to make how to take the next step into the the full second edition rules. And a pink sheet. Pink sheet, which is uh, what's in the box. They've oh, it, taken over. It lists the contents. Over oh, we'll list the contents. lists the contents of the box. Next time we'll just read this. Yes. It'd go a lot faster. And maybe we it wouldn't would. Get so would. Like so. one track. box and lid, one 28-page rule book,
1: 12-page. You know, they could save uh, a lot of costs if they didn't even use boxes because some people just throw theirs away. <laughs> <laughs> they could
0: just send it in an
1: envelope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, two player 8 cards. Oh, have you found the player 8 cards?
0: Uh,
1: oh, guess what? I ripped you off. Oh, wait a minute. No, no. No, 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 I no. It's
0: no, no. here under the scenarios. <coughs> oh, here they the are. The player 8 okay, cards. Okay, sure, we, we should make sure I
1: sold you everything proper, properly. Two player 8 yeah, cards. I don't know why I trust you. Which show the to-hit chart for vehicles. Yeah, to-hit
0: chart, yep. The to-hit chart, the to-kill chart... The two B continued chart, the uh, armor piercing, just all kinds. There's a to be or not charts. to be chart. Yeah. Um, yes, all of the charts are here, Dave. Okay, thank f- you. Four scenario cards, which is eight scenarios. So eight scenarios, um, and some of them. these yeah, This is nice. Like? Here's. Um, let's see the first one, 21. which you mentioned. Yeah, S21 clash at Boroskovi, uh Bereskovka, Is just S- tanks. So that's a great one to ten get Russian tanks
1: with. against six German tanks? Hey, yeah. start with that. Yeah. Don't bother looking up any <laughs> infantry rules that you've yeah. forgotten. That's
0: right. Uses two boards and uh, and you just get to drive around the a lot. Back of that, that is a fun one I haven't played yet, but I, I looked at it, and wanted to do it first. this one I did play. Joseph oh, 351? once. Yeah, it it has no tanks. Yeah, there's no tanks in that one. That's different. It was a, a about the
1: Forgotten what why I thought this was interesting, but it had no tanks. Maybe that's why.
0: Um, <clears throat> what else you got? Uh, Monty's gamble, which uh, takes place in Holland. That looks good. That's uh, there's a few German tanks in there, and, and some tank British run. artillery. Okay. Uh, anti-tank And, tank gun, and yeah. infantry, of course. And uh, scenario S twenty two. Another summer's day. Oh, that's a long one. That's, well, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff going on here. This takes place in Sicily. Yeah,
1: my players tried playing this on a weeknight. Don't do it. You won't get through it on a weeknight unless you're both really quick. Um, They got about halfway done, so that's not good for a a tournament. Yeah.
0: Uh, Early battles, Sherman marches west, both of which have a nice smattering of uh, Russian and German tanks. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. The one they played was
1: Sherman marches west,
0: I think. That's only seven. I don't remember, but, well, seven, seven turns. turns. But
1: here's here's what you have to look at here. Seven turns. That's only to...
0: 14 minutes in real time.
1: <laughs> they should be done in 14 minutes. Yeah. Um, here's the trick. When you're looking at a scenario card to find something to play in an evening, um, the turns is important. But what's mo- more important? Because I've had eight eight turn games end on turn four. You demoralize your enemy, or actually you wipe out a whole lot of them, and there is no way they're going to win. Or just demoralize your opponent. That's yeah. works the best. Yeah, yeah he'll give up. But a lot of them can end earlier with two competent players, I've I found. Um, the trick is, look at the quantity of squads. Sherman marches west. 14 Russian squads, 6 tanks. And then the Germans have the 6 defending squads with an anti-tank gun. And then there's machine guns on both sides. And then they get 2 tanks in on turn 1. And then on turn three, in comes six more squads of Germans. So that the, looks that looks handleable for an evening.: It's not. Really. really? When you're moving 14 squads plus six tanks as oh, the Russian okay. yeah. you're up into 20 individual units to move in a turn.: Oh, uh, yeah, 20. Can you, you just move them in a big stack? You, <laughs> you <laughs> decide to never wind to stack, which oh. we talked about, I think, in one of our first shows, oh, I got to go back and listen to that.: I think we did. We did. Yeah, we did.. Um, Right, you. It's going to take a lot of time to think this through. Six tanks alone take some time to move. So
0: that's my point. It looks like a short
1: game, and it is not. It's going to take a while for a weeknight.
0: Oh, I went through those. Then there's a stand for New Zealand. Okay, is the Germans against the British? And I don't know that I have played the British ever at all. Maybe you haven't. I, we need to correct that. I play a lot of Russians, and with Joe, of course, we're playing a lot of the Japanese against yeah. the U.S. Marines. But i got to get out uh, some of these British. So there's eight scenarios. Eight scenarios. Very um, nice. The and map boards. Three counter
1: sheets, and how many map boards you got? Three map boards. T, U, and V? T, U, and V. Then you got the right ones. Yep. Okay. Thank you so. for your purchase, it says on the card. And you're
0: welcome call me. If you want, don't thank me. Call me. Send
1: me an email. And you know, they are good about, too, making sure that everything is complete in your games and so on. They re- they are very chain. good
0: about that, and if you get something that's damaged, they are very good about that. Yeah, yeah. But don't intentionally damage something to rip them off. No. It's immoral, no, wrong, and it's not good for our yeah. hobby. And we don't know what'll happen to you in the hereafter.
1: That's correct.
0: Well, somehow within all that mess, we actually did cover what was in the box. Yes, we did. Did you ever find out what "Roar" meant?
1: Yeah, I pulled it up right here. It's um. Actually, stands for Remote Online Automated Record. That's why I can't remember it. Yeah. Remote Online, Online Automated, Automated Record. Record. And it's oh my. It's an archive. <laughs> it's an archive of played ASL games. You go into it and you. In who won, uh-huh. okay,
0: and and what you played, like the scenario yes. you played, yep, uh-huh. and which side won. Oh, and I damn, it, um, and what possible use is this? <laughs> this is because, you know, oh, oh, yeah, is it balanced? Is it balanced, Is it balanced, is it right, balanced? Right, right? So, right, if you're
1: coming up with a huge disparity, yeah, you know, um, and so I thought about, you know, go look it up on Roar, um. It'll list this, all the scenarios. It's very thorough. You can also find scenarios you didn't know existed, like um, third products and stuff are listed. Third in party too. products. Third okay. party. Thank you. Yeah. Um, What's the it, website for this? Well, the official one. I don't have up right here. I'll go back and try and find it. But we'll post
0: it on the show notes. Oh, okay. We'll put a link there, the, unless it's short enough to to say it right now. Um. Http. Colin. No,
1: I don't have that right one up yet. All right.
0: Um, But
1: here's my concern. So I'm playing a rookie. Yeah. Do I put that on Roar? Oh. Does that He lost. Does that mean his side will never win?
0: Oh, yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. Right? Yeah. So if
1: you have all these players out there, and I think anyone can just go in and post on this thing. Wow. Um, How do you know the people posting are really... Two qualified players, and can tell you that it's you know not balanced. That's my only concern. What I've done is I've downloaded a PDF from Roar, which lists all the scenarios, and I click through and I can find scenarios and so on. So that was my only concern about Roar.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, But yeah, I think if you're going to look, is it balanced or not? Go ahead and check it out and start there. Yeah. Start there. But and if I would advise players, if you're playing a rookie and or you know your opponent lost because they didn't know to use smoke and all this stuff, then I wouldn't put it in a, on roar as a win, because yeah, without using smoke, some uh, scenarios are really hard to win. Right. You know. So. Okay. Next up, what's next? Is oh, my little list of notes I made. My second list of notes when I reread the rules for I don't know which time this would have been um, second or third you know like again I said every two to used to be every two years I try to reread the rules front to back Um, I haven't reread them I think in like six years now (laughs) sections I've read again but and I would take these notes oh it's two-sided maybe just do one side today of things that I always forget Okay. I might try to put some of these as questions to Jeff. All right. I'm ready. So. You go ahead. I'm going to leave the room. Okay. (laughs) And it's going to take me a few seconds to decipher some of these. Who's exempt from a -A -A PAATC? First of all, what is a -A -A PAATC?
0: All right. Hold on. Do you know? Uh, I'm having a brain aneurysm right now sparks coming out of my head.
1: When you want a close combat, a tank, what do you have to do with your squad? Sticky bombs. (laughs) bombs. You have to roll a morale check. Oh, right. P-A-A-T-C. It's a pin, assault, armored tank.
0: Yeah, I remember that, not I don't don't remember what
1: it stands for. I don't don't know. know. Oh, I didn't mean that exactly. I meant what does it do? Oh, okay. <clears throat> so All you right, have to okay. roll a morale check. Because I, I don't remember either. Uh, pin, attack, armor, assault. Armor, assault, task check. Oh, armor, assault, task check, pin if you fail it. So, okay. who doesn't have to check? It's real tricky. Okay. Who can attack a tank without taking a P-A-A-T-C, a Patsy? Uh,
0: let me guess a. Um, uh, if you're Fanatic? Correct. Who else? Yes. Um that would be um uh, berserk correct yes, and there's one more um let me think one more that doesn't have to uh, berserk uh women and children no oh, they okay. can't attack a tank oh they can't okay now you, you better give it to me except in Vietnam right
1: a single man counter oh. That's what I have down here. And that's the one I would have forgot also. But I decided, I'm trying to think back. Do I make my single man counters take a check? I think I do. But my note says they don't. I'm going to bet all these so, notes are accurate. So hero, heroes right or leaders? Um, Single man counter, you're right. Yeah. Hero or leader. Yeah. Because the single man counters both. Okay. All right. And oh, again, that's a good one. Tactical advice for you. You can kind of use this. Uh, maybe it's not. I guess it's not tactical advice. But hopefully it's helpful it's, information. Yeah. Things advanced, you Advanced Advanced information. Yeah. What happens if you withdraw? In a close combat, you withdraw from the melee into a hidden initial placement or a concealed
0: enemy. Well, the uh, and first of all, the only way that would come up where you could withdraw from melee is if you roll boxcars, right? On the ambush on the ambush. No, you can roll? roll
1: snake guys. You roll snakes or your opponent rolls boxcars.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you move out of the hex into an HIP or concealed? Yeah. You can't move into a um, known enemy unit. Right. Uh, I yes. would imagine you have to go back into melee. You're eliminated. Oh really? You're eliminated. And then does that does the concealed unit lose concealment? Do you think?
1: I oh that I don't know I didn't make a note of that.
0: Or does the H I P
1: unit then become I well, yeah I guess think would he then, would have to he would have to. But but yeah my note was I never knew that you know oh that's something to remember. Of course yeah. I don't think it's ever happened to me
0: or did it? It might though. My
1: opponent, you're it young. Might. You're it young. It might. Um, uh, this note. When does ambush withdrawal happen? It happens before. Or after the close combat.
0: What happens and before? Before
1: the melee. No, both. It can happen both. Oh. Okay. But, but before the melee. And one of my other notes was you flip your CC counters, the close combat counters, over to melee after the first close combat attacks. I used to just leave the CC counter on there.
0: Yeah, that's what I uh, That's what I used to do. Yeah, Or I still do.
1: Yeah, just flip it you over flip to the melee. Over.
0: Oh, okay. The first
1: CC attack, boom, flip it over to a melee. Um, I'm not sure why that's important, but, you know, it's something we're supposed to be doing. If you roll 12 on a close combat attack versus a crude vehicle, what happens to your squad? Um, they get interviewed by (laughs) They get half-squatted. Oh, really? If you roll boxcars attacking a crude vehicle... yeah. You with get a crew. half squatted. You are half squatted. It's called crew small arms. So I guess pistols and things. They yeah. Maybe they shoot you. Oh, wow. Um, do you take a leader loss morale check or task check in a close combat? Your leaders kill in close combat. Do the squads have to take a task I check? I don't think so. No, you are correct. Um, armor fighting vehicle, close combat is sequential. Who goes first? The attacker. that's And it's always the infantry. And the close well, gun. yeah, that's right, because you have to enter, the, right, have to enter the, right. the hex. Well, they can overrun. That's different. So um, it is correct. The infantry goes first, okay, and then they can use their coaxial machine gun, anti-aircraft machine gun if they're crew exposed on the AA gun, rear machine gun, sn which is the schnapper tinging gungunswapa? That's close. <laughs> I think <laughs> that's, tinging Yeah, I think that is. It's the um, hand grenade dispenser on the Panzers. On the, oh right. The fives or whatever. I forget which ones. Yeah. Um, the SN on the back of the counter, and you can use those separate or together, is what my note says, in the close combat. And then I think you continue to alternate attacks. One squad attacks in close combat, then the other tank goes, and then the other group goes.
0: Um, what language is this you've written this in on your paper there? Is that English? That's ASL talk. It is? <laughs> yeah. CMG, AMG. Looks like hieroglyphics. SN. Oh,
1: it's very teeny. Little, it's yeah, it writing, is. But it
0: is. You're conserving. I like a man that conserves paper. I
1: always do this. Yeah. Can a squad leave a close combat with another squad, Jeff?
0: It depends on how long they've known each other. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a how, minute, say how that wrong again? They've, yeah. How
1: wronged they've been by the other party. That's right. They no. can leave the <laughs> close combat. It's a no-fault leaving of a I melee. Think
0: they have to uh, get a note from their teacher. No. What's the if question If you're in a again? melee with a squad, Yeah,
1: your, your squad and my squad are fighting in a melee, yeah. can you leave during the movement phase? No. No. No, you can't. No. How when do you get melee, out of You're that.
0: locked in melee. and Except for one <laughs> way. How do you get out of that? In a box. You have to be carried out <laughs> in a coffin.
1: No. You, there's a way out? You withdraw. Oh, Remember okay. the neg two on the chart versus withdrawing unit? Oh, yes. You declare yes. you're going to withdraw from melee, oh, right. but the guy gets that's to right. attack I'm, you at neg that's two. That's right. That's why I we don't actually, do I, it.
0: I, yeah, actually, I think I did do that one.
1: Desperate times, you yeah. might have... Uh so is a vehicle locked into melee hmm no vehicles just you can drive on. right away you just drive just out. drive okay. right out of it <clears throat> and I think the inverse is true infantry can leave a tank I believe
0: um I wonder if that's the same for uh well, that wouldn't be the same for trucks and horse drawn carts would it That'd yeah be handled differently. it's or? a
1: vehicle it, my, well my know is a vehicle can leave a, a melee is a okay. or it can fire. In the prep fire phase. I never think of that. Oh. Can, and in hex only. Oh. In hex in only. Because that's the closest unit. I don't know what the odds are of hitting anybody in a prep fire with a tank. It's close combatting you. Maybe you're supposed to do that. Or just drive away. I, you know, That's some tactics. We're going to have to have someone else teach us about how to do that. Okay, this one. Jeff, yep. when you're street fighting, do you have to take a Patsy? I don't know. answer is Yes. Which I think I always forget. I think I just take the attack on the tank and mm-hmm. the. It's, you know what? Street fighting yes, advantages. It's right. great. It's great. Look up that rule, folks. Um, look for street fighting um, opportunities. Maybe we'll cover that in a future episode. Just what, what is street fighting? Yeah. I think
0: that'd
1: be good. We'd have to reread the rules pretty thoroughly to, to make sure we give you good information
0: instead of what we're usually giving you. Um, we always give good information it may not be right but it'll be good (laughs) yeah these
1: notes i swear are right i mean i I sat down with the rule book it was years ago but i would not have wrote this down unless i was going through the rules going oh look at that you can okay when you shoot you're concealed and you shoot at a broken squad yeah do you
0: lose your concealment well, just the fact that you're asking the question would lead me to believe no. <laughs> no,
1: you don't. Or normally, any right. time you, anytime you, you shoot when you're concealed, yes, you lose.
0: You don't, unless uh, you there's another
1: concealed. good order unit in your line of sight. Because
0: uh. your broken <clears throat> squad you shot, it's not good order. <clears throat> well, and, and you know that that really does make sense. Does Cause it? Because you're concealed and you're shooting at broken guys. I w- they're all panicky. They're panicky. They're down on the oh. ground. You know they're not seeing where the shots are coming from. You should be able to con- continue yes. to keep your concealment. Thank okay. you, and I, and I think, I think lis- that does make sense.
1: Yeah, and listeners, I, re- I recommend when you make that kind of visual image to go with the game rules. Yeah, it helps you remember the rules. I think it does. You visualize yeah. the broken guys as not looking and not caring about where fires right. coming from. They're just running. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I was thinking, well, can't they see? They're not blind.
0: Yeah. You know, they're just broken. It's worse to be broken and blinded. Um, which is one of the nice things about this game is you can, you you can picture a lot of what's going on. There's, the game is intimate. Yes. Like, uh, strategic level games are not. Yes. If you have hidden
1: initial placed fortifications, so they're not on the board, you've written them down off board. When do you reveal those hidden initial placed fortifications? Like, uh, you know, foxhole that's not on the board, or, uh
0: roadblock. Well, that would be when a uh, enemy unit enters that hex. Um, well, uh, depending on the, the terrain, though, I think. Yeah. No, Am I right? think... Oh, you know what? I didn't write that one down, because I think it's... Yeah, when you enter the hex, I wrote
1: down ones here that were more obscure, or that oh, okay. I forget. I forget all the
0: time. In jungle, not necessarily. Right.
1: That's different for the Pacific, right. so you got to rethink everything. But well, what about your roadblocks? You, it's on a road. Yeah. You... Set it up at the start of the game. Does your opponent see that roadblock if he's entering from off board?
0: I assumed so, but no.
1: It's not on board. It's hidden. Oh, really? So you hide the roadblock. And then when does he see it? When he comes within line of sight. Correct. to put it out. Of how many hexes to it? Oh, the most God. Of you know, they always draw a line at a certain number
0: of hexes. Yeah. For visibility
1: stuff. Do you remember what that number is?
0: Uh, is it 12? 16. 16 hexes? Yeah. 16, is 16 the maximum hexes that you can see on a line of sight for to for onboard on pieces? Or is uh, that just... No,
1: no. You can see further. You can see further. Okay. Yeah. They draw a line with machine gun use without a leader at 16 and yeah. on that concealment chart at 16 or, or less or 17 or more. Okay. And so that's where this comes in. All right. Um, or you also loo- you reveal the fortification when you use the terrain effect modifier so you can be shot at and it's a one check and if you you know use the plus 1 for the foxhole yeah then it's you know changes the result you reveal it or um, a unit in it loses its concealment
0: you're supposed to reveal the foxhole or the entrenchment oh okay the fortification and so you can, can you, are you saying you could have a unit in a hex Mm-hmm. and have a hidden initial placement foxhole in that hex? Yes. And the unit is in the foxhole, but the foxhole isn't on the board? Correct. Really? Yes. Yeah. And when he loses his concealment, then you reveal the foxhole too, or he uses the modifier.
1: Um, That's insane! It's one nice little tactic. Okay. Um, now, are all fortifications initially placed hidden, or is it by special rule only guns are always hidden? I don't know. I should know that. I just reverse questioned myself, and I don't know the answer. <laughs> you have to go sit in the penalty box now. <laughs> well it's so obvious. How come I can't think of that? I don't. Know. If a vehicle enters your hex and you're in open ground concealed and a tank enters your hex, do you lose concealment? I would say no. The answer
0: is yes, really? Yes. He enters your hex. And you're not, not necessarily ground. your location.
1: Well, that's your location. Oh. Open ground.
0: Well, it, Oh, okay. In open ground. Now, okay. if
1: you're concealed in the woods and he yeah. enters on a woods road, do you lose concealment?
0: I would say no. No, you don't.
1: Yeah. yeah I was always revealing it. Oh, yeah. the tank's on the road in my woods. Hex. Right. i got to reveal my, my concealment. You don't. You can ride right down the road and you can stay hidden. And if he um, bypasses your building and you're concealed inside the building, he's in your hex. No. No, you don't. You're right. You don't. And
0: that's a difference, uh, and I, I, I don't think they have that that um, subtle difference in the starter kits where there's a difference between hexes and locations.
1: Oh, probably not, and you can't bypass and all that stuff. Right. So this is definitely right. not for you, new- for, for you newbies. For you newbies,
0: but in the uh, in the full rule set, there's a difference between a hex and a location. A Within hex can have hex. multiple locations. Correct. Like so, a, for instance, a foxhole you can be in the hex outside of the foxhole or in the hex inside the foxhole it's two different locations same hex you can be in a in a hex with a building but not in the building right because the around the building and inside the building are two different locations so
1: your sniper can choose certain
0: targets over other ones which ones can he choose <clears throat> I can't remember. I know this has come up a number of times. Am I going to win dun, something if I get <laughs> this? Da, 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 da. A new car! Ding!
1: It's another sniper counter. Oh, yeah. You yes. can choose that target over others. Right. So you have two equal distance targets. Choose the sniper. Choose sniper. Um, it can choose an unarmored vehicle. Okay. Truck, Jeep, horse drawn carriage. A uh, sleigh going to grandmother's house. We go. <laughs> they do have sleighs and sledges in the game rules. Oh, they do. Have you used reindeer pulled sledges yet in the rules? No.
0: Quite fun. You're kidding me. No, it's really there. Did uh, you know that the British Army was the only fully mechanized army in World War, uh, going into World War II? That's not right. That is they, true. Robots were not even invented no. yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I mean is the British Army did not deploy any horse-drawn equipment and no cavalry. They were all mechanized and mobilized. But all the other armies did. I read that somewhere. I did not know that. Yeah. I, tr- I painted a lot of World War II
1: miniatures. I've never found a cavalry British cavalry unit yeah. to paint up. I have Germans, I have Russians, I have yeah. Cossacks, right? Even the Americans, deployed. Did we have cavalry? Yeah. The Philippines. Yes. Ramsey's charge. The Japanese had them.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting.
1: That is interesting. That's more interesting than my stupid little facts. (laughs) No, I love your stupid little. I mean, your interesting little facts. No, I think these are. Um, So they can choose a sniper, an unarmored vehicle, or a vulnerable inherent crew that's in the hex. Vulnerable Inherent crew. Inherent crew. So it's in a what the heck's an inherent crew again? Well it oh, would be a, a crew tr- a a truck. A... No, wait a minute. They don't have a crew, they have a driver. Uh, yeah, an inherent crew. Oh, that's like a tank crew. On a gun? No. No, that's not guns inherent. always have crews. It's the ones yeah, that aren't it's the ones that aren't shown
0: okay. on a counter. Right, until the vehicle's dead. Japanese gun crews, I think. Think are they inherent? No, they're no, not inherent. No, 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 no. You always have to have them there. Two two eights,
1: but they also have to have the machine guns, right? Yeah. Um. The so yeah, this is a normal tank crew. It's not. You don't see it until they have to bail out no. or no. not bail out. Um. Yeah. No bailouts when you're a rider. Crew survival roll.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. So if they're vulnerable inherent crew, so the vehicle is open top or something, right? Mm-hmm. I think you can pick them. I better reread that myself, actually. If your sniper selects an unarmored vehicle, because that's the random location thing. No, yeah. You didn't select it. It's random. All right. And it has no players, riders, or crew. Does the sniper have to shoot at it or ignore it? Ignore it and pick another target? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> unarmored vehicle. We said he could choose it if you wanted. Yeah. I don't know. He can ignore it. He has no player. So you don't have to shoot at that just truck in the back road. You can pick a more valuable target. It would, and can you, know.
0: you pick it or do you have to? Well, it random, no. Random you can, it's, it's,
1: it can be considered ineligible. So okay. you go to the next. Oh, so you go next. to the next item. Right, okay. right, right. Thank you. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I never, See, again, I would forget this so often. A berserk squad, Jeff, it loses certain status as soon as it goes berserk. Do you know what any of those might be? You know certain game conditions an infantry can have on them.
0: Yeah. Um, does it lose
1: fanatic? No, when it go well, when it goes berserk. Oh, it's not listed here, so I don't know. Okay. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Keep going.
0: Uh, let's see. Would it lose um, if it goes berserk? It's no longer considered
1: under this condition anymore. You just take that counter right
0: off it. Concealed. Obviously. Yes. It's, yeah, it's, one gonna lose concealment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to lose concealment. Um, it's going to lose defensive fire. Any fire um, counters that are on? Not here
1: either. I'll give okay. them to you because it is hard. How do you come up with yeah. these? With that kind of open-ended question? Yeah. Um, the CX counter.
0: Oh, okay. Comes off. Yeah. Okay.
1: That if makes you're sense. Berserk. If you're berserk. A TI counter. Okay. How often do you see that anyway? And a pin. Pins come off that when you're berser- sense. That makes Just sense. Go berserk. Yeah. True or false? Berserk. False. Oh. No, go ahead. Berserk units never receive leader benefits?
0: Uh, true. It is true. I have a 50-50 chance. Does that mean uh, they can't
1: <clears throat> take the Neg 1 on a prep fire shot of a leader? It says they never receive leader benefits. Yeah, I would imagine so. All right. And if... You, well, I'll just give it to you as a fact. If you're disrupted, encircled, have a heat of battle, surrender to an adjacent enemy, you have to surrender to that enemy even if you have a route path. Disrupted. Yeah. Okay, you're not supposed to route away ever, so you surrender to the adjacent enemy. Right. Encircled. I didn't know that. you taking fire from two, three directions. Oh, yeah. You're encircled, right? And you have to route you would surrender to an adjacent enemy, you know, I guess, uh, what about going sideways if you're just, no, it says encircled, you got to do it. And then that heat of battle surrender when you make that die roll to yeah. surrender on heat of battle. Even if you have a legal route path, you still have to move away. All right.
0: And I have a, uh, some more of these I can save for next time. That's the good list. It's amazing that how many rules, <laughs> I'm still amazed yeah. at how they write these rules and how it covers well one would think every contingency but apparently not every contingency because if you go on uh well game squad okay forum there's a lot of discussion about certain things and i'll have to get some examples it's a great uh forum to to just kind of peruse through but I'll okay get some examples where they have
1: discussion boards and people are don't know the answer because don't not know really the answer and
0: up. they'll they'll There'll be some discussion about it. Yeah. They'll be quoting different rules because nothing states it specifically. So, uh, well, very interesting, Dave. Is it uh, time for
1: the final thing of the show, our shortened show? The
0: history yeah, we'll report? have a shorter show today. We'll have a history report next. All right. And uh, it should be an interesting history report, but if you hate history, you can tune out now.
1: Uh, or tune out after my little montage of audio yeah, from your, the war yes, which, which is will play as an intro to the history report. So. Quite
0: fascinating. Oh, by the way, we found that website for Roar and it is at uh, jrvdev.com slash roar so that'll get you there, but again I'll put that in the show notes. There'll be a little link on the website there. Thank you, Jeff. And now on to the history section. This country is at war with Germany. We have nun eine Aufrüstung vollzogen, wie
1: die Welt to our own. All these shall be restored. But General Vagon calls the Battle of France. You know. <laughs> upon they... the this battle depends on the survival of the reality. Upon it depends our own British life and the long continuity of our, institutions and our. And our. The whole fury and might of the enemy must very soon be turned on us. Yesterday.
0: I don't in not to break
1: or lose the world. A, A state of war has existed between the United The
0: Japanese Empire. Well, Dave, I had uh, had a little confusion in my mind about. You're often uh, confused, Jeff. Well, that's true. About a couple of topics, more than a couple. The birds and the bees, for instance. No, but um, actually I had some confusion about uh, how uh, the, how guns are measured because I've heard the term caliber, like a forty-five caliber, and then I've heard nine, the 9mm, nine and right. I was wondering what all these differences were. And actually they're not too different at all. Um, it's just that c- caliber is a uh, designation for the interior diameter, of a barrel of a gun when I think we pretty much knew that. And it's measured, um, in the United States anyway, in inches. So for instance, the 45 caliber automatic is .45 inches in diameter. Okay, did not know that myself. Okay, Uh, which kind of makes sense. And then there's something like, uh, for instance, the M1 rifle which was used in World War II extensively uh, almost exclusively is um, is a 30 caliber, so okay. it's 0.3 inches in diameter the barrel. And I read something interesting about that uh, recently too, which w- which was that diameter the diameter reason- goes
1: across, not around. Right? That's right. Okay. Yeah,
0: around would be circumference. Correct. So um, this this 30 caliber the uh, the M1 rifle was designed. Um, Specifically, as a 30 caliber, because after World War One, in World War One, there was a rifle used was the 1903 Enfield uh, 30 caliber rifle, okay. and after World War One, there were millions and millions of rounds of ammunition left over. So when the army started looking for an updated weapon, and this was really even before World War Two, uh, but when they started looking for an updated weapon, they said we'd like a weapon that's also 30 caliber that we can use to fire all of these rounds. And so there was a, um, a gun maker in Connecticut somewhere, I think. Uh, I can't remember exactly where. Now I'll have to look it up. Anyway, he came up with the uh, the M1 rifle, which was a 30 caliber. It could use all of these rounds, uh, which is um, pretty cool, pretty cool rifle. Anyway, back to caliber. Is that the Grand? Uh, uh, Garand. Garand? Yeah, G-A-R-A-N-D. That's his name, the Garand. Oh, okay. The Garand M1 rifle. Um, and it's—I uh, don't know. Have you ever seen the Big Red One? That movie, the Big Red One with Lee Marvin, Mark Hamill, and, yes. and others. Yes. It's been a while though. There's yes. a great scene in there, and it's one of the only scenes in a movie where I've seen an accurate depiction of an M1 rifle. And what happens with the M1 is, as you fire uh, the cartridges, it—it's you load the cartridges into a clip, and when you get down and you fire the last bullet, the clip pops out. Okay. It goes boing. Right. And and, uh, there's a scene in that movie where you actually see it happen. And, of course, when the clip pops out, you can slam 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 another one in there and and keep shooting. So uh, kind of interesting about that. But anyway, getting back to caliber. So like a 9mm is uh, 9mm Beretta right now, which is the popular one with law enforcement. It's just 9mm diameter. They just don't say caliber. Uh, and, and obviously it's measured in metric instead of uh, English system. but because right, it's, it's millimeter. It's all the same. Though there is some discrepancy because you can measure um, rifled weapons either from the inside, the groove, or the ridge of the rifle. Okay. And that gives you different measurement. So that's not, it's like there's not really uh, a single industry standard for the way that's measured you just have to know, you have to take that into account. So I thought that was kind of interesting. They also use uh, this caliber as a measure of length, like in very long weapons, especially like for cannons and things like that. Uh, For instance, and by the way, I got some of this information off of Wikipedia, so um, I'm assuming it's correct, but you can measure the caliber uh, for larger guns as well, so for instance, uh, the guns that they used, the main guns that they used on Iowa-class battleships, were 16-inch, 16 16-inch 16 caliber guns, and you would often see that specification with a slash 50 on it. Now, the slash 50 was a indication of the length of the gun, and the way they got that was by taking the the diameter. And dividing it, uh, let me just see here. So the length of the gun is divided by the diameter, and they come up with this factor of 50. So in the case of these Iowa class battleship guns, the barrel is actually 800 inches long. Okay. So if you take 800 divided by 16, which is the diameter, you get this 50. So when they designate the gun, they call it a 16 inch slash 50. Okay. Now, what the reason why I'm saying some of these things is because it does relate to squad leader. Obviously, when we're looking at guns, we're seeing the caliber size on a lot of these guns, like the 88s and the 75s and all those. Things. So those are the diameters of those guns. On some guns, you'll see an L yeah. or, or an LL. Right. And that just means that you can have exactly the same caliber gun, and then they might have an L version or an LL version, which is just longer barrels. Longer barrels. Longer barrels.
1: Right. And, um, and that improves accuracy, distance, I think <clears throat>
0: accuracy over distance or right. something like that. That's okay. right. So um, if, and I, I actually I have to look through a lot of the squad leader rules and, um, or some of the ordinance listings and see uh, if they list some of these specifications.
1: Yeah, I think it would be uh, when you, uh, advice for players, Look at the charts, there's there's modifiers for an L gun, an LL gun, and a short gun. Right. So be sure to use those when you're calculating your to hit chances.
0: Yeah. Now there, are, these are not, actually, caliber wasn't the only way of measuring the bore. Um, weapons might also be measured in pounds, like it was very common in British guns, though they might say, you know, this is the 16-pounder yeah, howitzer, 25 pounder, the 25-pounder yeah. pounder howitzer. And the way those came up was they would actually take Uh, the barrel of the gun, and they would measure the diameter of the barrel, and then take a sphere of lead that fit that diameter, and weigh it.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So a 16 pound gun meant that the gun was the same diameter as a 6, did I say 16 or 6? 16. Uh, It would be the same diameter as a 16 -pound pound sphere of lead. Okay. I thought maybe the shell weighed that much. Well, actually, the, the, when it when they first did it, they did it in this the sphere of lead because you know very early cannons. That's all they shot was cannonballs, which were oh, round. Right, but okay. as they got uh, um, you know more advanced and created these elongated shells, oblong <laughs> shells, and rifling and things like that, then it was actually the weight of the of the shell. So in oh, okay. the later guns, that's that's how they measured that. So. Um, I thought that was pretty interesting. A couple other things that I learned about about, um, about the way they built cannons, which are different methods. In the early methods, even in World War I, they would use a method where they would build up uh, the, the barrel of the gun by having multiple tubes. They would cast a tube for a gun, then they would cast another tube slightly larger, heat them up, put them together, let them contract together, and they build up the tubes that way, and you and you will see that you know you see it on navy guns, you see it on other guns where it looks like it's subsequent tubes of different lengths built up in order to in order to construct the gun. And they yeah. would do that because down in down in the chamber, you you'd need much thicker metal than you do out at the chase or the muzzle, so it could be lighter weight out there. What's the chase? Uh, the would chase is the is the actual length the inside length of a barrel you've okay. got the chamber which is down where the actual explosion occurs okay the chase which is the whole uh, the, the length and barrel, the muzzle which is out the toward the end okay. the end piece so and and with these early methods they had another method called wire round where they would uh, take a gun barrel and and wind around it miles and miles of high tensile steel in order to give the gun better strength okay and and at this time these guns they would take up to a year to make. Uh, which, kind of a long time. It's a very long time. I'd like to place an order. How long do I have to wait? Oh, you have to wait a year. Call off the assault. Yeah. <laughs> have your troops stand down from red alert. Well, they came up with a faster, a faster method, which is a method of, um, of hollowing out a, you know, drilling out a barrel, and then they would actually in, seal the ends, inject. Um, oil under an extremely high pressure in order to force the barrel into the right diameter. This is the way guns are made even now. It's called autofredegine, I believe that's how that's pronounced, I'm not really sure. Um, So that's the way they, they still make guns. And the last little bit I want to talk about is the muzzle brake. Which, is, which was a, a little bit later development, but you, and you do see it on guns quite a bit, and it's that piece that goes on the end of the barrel. And this is a, a, f- a fitting that redirects the propellant gas as it's coming out of the barrel. And by redirecting the propellant gas, they can actually reduce the amount of recoil the gun produces.
1: Okay, I'm sorry. Come again? So the muzzle thing at the end, it has the the holes in it? That has the holes in it. I've always wondered what that's for, Yeah. and you're saying that's to reduce the recoil. That
0: reduces the recoil of the gun.
1: How? By dispersing the energy?
0: Yeah, as... Not just straightforward? That's right. As the projectile comes out the front, normally the recoil would be straight back. Right. Newton's Law.
1: Okay. With this muzzle
0: brake, which redirects some of the propellant gas okay. sideways and even backwards a little bit, but the shell continues forward. The, the shell hole. continues forward; it cushions some of the recoil of the gun. All right. And um, this was a pretty major uh, change in the way they they made guns because the way you have to fit guns for recoil was a pretty big mechanical. Uh, factor yeah. that came into effect. Oh, yeah. So, this gun brake really made a big difference. The only caveat with a gun brake is that because it's projecting gas to the side, this really hot gas to the side or the back, you need to be careful. You need to kind of balance how much you want to do that because if there's a crew standing back there, they're all going to have their clothes all burnt off. Okay. <laughs> Not so much of an issue inside of a tank. A tank right. But for a gun crew, it was a big deal. So they kind of had to balance that back and forth. But eventually, they ended up with about a thirty percent, thirty-five percent reduction, reduction in, in recoil. recoil. Yeah. So that's uh, that's what I learned about. Uh, I learned about guns, Dave. And I'm feeling a little smarter today. Okay, I'm feeling a lot smarter I'm gonna, today. I'm going to take off my thinking
1: cap. Now. Um. In fact, we saw. Do you have any questions? Uh, No comment. We went to Cantini, which I think I'll talk about in a future show for Chicago area people. Go visit this place, wonderful first division museum. Yeah. But there were tanks with the muzzle brake on the ends. And my son asked me what they were for, and I wasn't sure if it was a silencer or if it was a yeah. to keep the flash from being seen at night by the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, but with a hole in it, it wouldn't keep much sound out. Or And now I understand what the muzzle break is for, so yeah. it's very informative. Yeah. Pretty Thank interesting.
0: Thank you, class. Class dismissed. Class dismissed.
1: I guess that's uh, going to round
0: up a show here, right? Yeah, we're going to end the show now, and uh, we'll look right, forward we'll to say, talking to you in a couple of weeks. We'll say bye-bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, roll low,
1: and may the dice, may the dice, be, with may you. The dice be with you. But, but not, not when, when you're play playing us. us. Bye, everyone. This has been a production of The Two Half-Squads. is copyrighted 2008. Owned by its hosts, listeners are free to use the show in a non-commercial endeavor as long as credit is given to us, the two that's was
0: credit working? Oh gosh.